you're enjoying Racing World, it's brought to you by Perspective Group. It's your global motorsport podcast show brought to you in conjunction with Race Control Magazine. It's almost the end of the first week in January for 2024, but guess what? It's the first racing world for the season as well. Well, here we go, the first episode for 2024. And sorry about the sort of lack of shows towards the end of last season. It was kind of one of those things. Got tied up with a lot of personal work and also got tied up with the finishing of the documentary, which I hope many of you have enjoyed. And if not, well, there's still a chance to catch it if you're flying anywhere on New Zealand's national airline carrier. Now, looking at this episode, two things to focus on, the domestic New Zealand motorsports scene and the international one, particularly the NTT IndyCar series, which has had its content day uh, over the last couple of days and I've been part of that. So more on that in a minute, but let's focus domestically first. And it's the second round of the Super Sprint Championship Series in a week's time at the Taupo International Motorsport Park. So if you want to see some great racing, Taupo's the place to be, that's for sure. And if you can't get there, then you can watch it on multiple platforms, including Sky New Zealand, who will play the entire day multiple times. So there's a real feast of television viewing. And if you're around the world, motorsport.com, KO in Australia, there's so many outlets where you can watch it. And this will be a great series. And of course, the big part of it is it's the very first round of the CT Frock series, or better known as CT Frock but formerly known as the Toyota Racing Series. Six American drivers down here this year, a feast of talent, some great Kiwis in there as well. And of course, it all ends five weeks later with the very last race in the championship, the New Zealand Grand Prix for the first time ever at Highlands International Motorsport Park. So that'll be a real treat. So mark that one in your calendar, either be by the telly next weekend, or better still, we'll bring you some more information from there as well. But it's a good one to be at. If you can get to Taupo, ticket prices are just dirt cheap. Just get on in there, have a great day. Two great days of racing and some talent that ultimately could go on to be world famous in the Toyota Racing Series or as it was formerly called, uh, has brought on so much talent over the years. So now's your chance to see talent of the future. And if I mention names like Lando Norris, Centino Ferrucci, Daniel Kvyat, Mitch Evans, Nick Cassidy, Marcus Armstrong, and more and more and more, they all came from there. So now's your chance to see it. Okay, turning our attentions now to the NTT IndyCar Series. And the last part of last year, I got to catch up with a few of the drivers just before the season finished. And one of them, of course, was Kiwi Marcus Armstrong. He'd just finished his run or rookie orientation program at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway before the, the sort of speedway closed for the season. And I had a chance to talk to him about just what it was like to get out on that famed oval. Uh, way down under, David Turner, David Turner Racing World. Go ahead, sir. Hey, Dave, nice to chat with you once again. Well, obviously, Marcus, this is aimed at you. You ran at the Speedway on the road course back in May. Uh, I saw the glint in your eye back then about being at, at what is the greatest racetrack in the world. There's absolutely no doubt about that. But how did it feel today to drive out of that pit lane going around the other way? Hey, David. Uh, yeah, it's um, it was it was special, honestly. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't know what to expect in many ways uh, coming here. I've obviously done a few laps around Texas before, so um, you know, having not a lot of oval experience coming here is, you know, it's not easy. It's very high speed, um, a lot of nuances to this track, you know, um, a lot of details. So, if I'm honest, I wasn't nervous um, about doing it. It was more so just about, you know, trying to get you know the first run out of the way, so we know what to do better next time um but yeah 
to, to drive on the circuit at proper speed after phase three, I would say still it's it's a long way off, you know, quality speed, but um, it was incredible, you know, to, to watch. I mean, I've watched this place since I was a kid. So uh, to drive around here and in, in anger at, you know, flat out is uh, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty special. Um, but I, you know, I don't really want to think about that when I'm driving because that's uh, that's never a good thing. I can reflect on it now, but you know, when I was in the moment, it was uh, it was quite smooth sailing, to be honest. Then you've got someone like Dario in your corner, and I know Dixie was was there, but I, I saw Dario at the test today. What they're there as, as coaches for you, but what advice does he give to you before you go out for that very first time? Other than you know, don't ding the car or anything like that. <laughs> uh dario gets pretty specific with uh you know with his advice and everything um which is which is relevant after you've done a run you know after you understand where the turn-in points are and this and that and how it feels um and then scott would just say go flat out so there's two very contrasting opinions um but yeah, there's a whole there's a whole lot of people in the team that have a lot of experience around here, and there was it was very structured. It was a very structured day. Uh, obviously, with the rookie orientation, it was you know you drive at this speed and then that speed and then then you can go flat out sort of thing. Um, but in saying that, even if there wasn't a rookie orientation process, us as a team would have had a or well, we do have a structure to make sure that we get through the day properly and don't have any accidents. Well, congratulations on it. It's another tick in the box. Uh, 150 odd days, I think, now to your St. Pete, the start of the new season, and then we'll be talking about the month of May. So this is a, a great step towards it. Very proud of seeing you there and uh, can't wait to catch up with you again. And in the meantime, stay warm because I know the season's changing and uh, I'll have an all-press coffee for you back here. Thanks, mate. Looking forward to it. No sweat. Thank you. Thanks, Dave. Way too much hometown love there, David. Come on now. <laughs> the other person I talked to and more about him as we go on here, but was Roman Grosjean switching, of course, from Andretti Autosport, now known as Andretti Global, uh, to the Junkos Hollinger racing team this year. And a big move for Grosjean, and for Grosjean in many ways, it was a bit of a lifeline, I, I think, because there wasn't that many places to go unless he went back to Dale Coyne racing. So it'll be very interesting to see how he blends in there. He's also doing a sports car program with Lamborghini, which I think will be very good for him. Um, but again, it's about how he gels with the team, how he gels with the teammate. Uh, and Canapino, he, he looked after himself very well in, in year one in IndyCar for a driver that had never driven that type of car before. So Roman brings a lot to the table, but he also brings a lot of baggage to the table. So it'll be very interesting to see how that plays out. But I talked to Roman just before Christmas uh, about the team move. Um, Roman, congratulations. It's great to keep you in the series. I think that that's a fantastic thing, international field. Um, <clears throat> obviously, there's a few Kiwis in there as well. Uh, two things for you. One, from your years in Formula One, is there any crossover information that will be handy for you with the hybrid technology come next season? Um, I think it's a very different one. And I think, uh, of course, it's always good to have that experience in mind. But I think it's it may be a little bit different in in that aspect. So uh, we'll see. I'm I'm excited to discover it. I'm excited to see what we can do with it. Um, I've, I've discovered it in the LMDH with the Lamborghini. That was I was pretty amazed uh, by the the how seamless everything went. Well, but 
in IndyCard on the yet. So hope I'm hoping it can be good. I'm hoping that the driver's got a good input and, and we can use that to our advantage. And then just briefly, second question for you, because obviously uh, I follow you a lot on your social stuff. Are you enjoying flying yourself to all of these circuits this year? It looks like you have a lot of fun when you're up in that plane. I do, sir. I do. I've got no Wi-Fi, no signal. I'm on my own. ATC is my only friend. So uh, I, I spent, uh, yeah, I like flying. I think it's pretty cool. And um, in the US, we got the chance to be able to do that with, with quite a lot of ease. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm just... Uh, just happy to be to be traveling like this and not have any delayed or cancelled flight. No, no extra pressures though by flying yourself and, and worrying about finding the airport or rather than being on a commercial flight or anything like that. Well, you know, there's there's some stressful moments, there's storms and, and stuff like this around or icing, but uh, I really enjoy it and um, yeah, I'm hoping that uh, I get to do a lot of races next year with with my plane and um, just keep enjoying life and keep. Uh, you know, realizing how lucky we are. Well, it certainly looks like you have a great time. And congratulations again. Great to have you in the series still. And look forward to 2024. It's only a few months away now. Yes, sir. Thank you. Okay, moving on to the content days, which uh, is a traditional thing that IndyCar do. But this year they've done it very early. It's some seven weeks before the season starts. And normally it's within sort of two weeks of the season starting. So it's very early. All the drivers attended. It's a mandated thing. And they get to meet to the, the media, talk to the media. And then it's kind of almost done for the season. It's the way the media guide is published and all of those sorts of bits and pieces. But it's also a chance for us to have very more candid one-on-ones. So I started out with Will Power and asked him his thoughts on the hybrid engine that was due to start an IndyCar at the beginning of the season and now looks like it's going to make its debut halfway through the season and there's some very interesting twists with that. There's no question that it's going to hmm, it's going to be a factor in the championship how the car you know like um, you know obviously the weight distribution changes the weight of the car goes up uh, you know you have this uh, um your hybrid system that you have to use um as efficiently as possible um so there will be yeah a little bit of yeah people will be learning through those races on how to extract the most out of the system which you know it's which is a good thing i mean it'll be it'll make for a very interesting championship yeah, I mean, I did. I've done. I've done quite a few test days. We just run all day or two days, and no problems, no problems at all. I mean, it's just, <clears throat> you know, I think it's it's a bit of everything, a little bit of supply issue, and so on. Um, you know, to me, yeah, they've got to be able to. Um, you know, I think IndyCar wants it to be absolutely bulletproof when it's introduced. So, I think they made the right decision there, and. Um, the testing's been good. The system's worked really well. Um, you know, I think it's the way it's packaged and everything's really good. It's, it's just, uh, just needs a little bit more time. That's all a little bit. I mean, the, you know, it just needs a little bit more time. And, um, I think, think, I think they want to introduce it with absolutely zero chance of problems. And that's the smart way to do it. There's a lot of potential in that hybrid. I reckon, it'll be started pretty conservatively. So if the lap times happen to be slower, that's the reason, but eventually they'll be faster because, you know, you don't want to, you want to <clears throat> ease into it. I don't think you just want to just go, oh yeah, this thing will give 150 horsepower, bang, let's do it. Um, I think you just want to start. 
it's still a good hit. Like no, like it really, it it jumps out of the corner when you when you're using the hybrid. So, um, and that you're only using a, a third of what it's capable of. Well, from one Aussie to one Kiwi, and nothing will be complete without including Scott McLaughlin in this show. And McLaughlin back for his fourth year in IndyCar now. The 33 is very hungry for a championship. I love talking to Scott. There's a great personality there. Uh, lots and lots of talent. Uh, he's proved that. He's got nothing to prove whatsoever. He's the real deal. So it's always a great pleasure to catch up with my friend, Scott McLaughlin. We'll begin with uh, none other than David Turner, who joins us. Where? What time is it there, David? Oh, look, the sun's come up now. It's easy. It's after 7 o'clock in the morning. So yeah, it's 7.30. Oh, yeah. yeah. Plenty of time. Go ahead, sir. Um, first of all, Scott, obviously you're comfortable in the US, but we're still going to call you a New Zealander, so I hope you're comfortable. Oh, please. I'm still going to call myself, myself a New Zealander. Good, so good, good. man. <laughs> um, looking at what a comment that you made before and, and the fact that the 33s are all back together again this year, the consistency inside the team for you, having people like Finchie there alongside you doing strategy, is that important rather than having a, a change around in team members? Yeah, look, like I said, as far as I'm concerned, it's a, it's the same. I haven't really been that hasn't been finalized just yet, but um, I know for a fact that Ben's going to be my engineer and whatnot, and, and Malcolm. It's 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 fantastic to have that same core group. Um, we get along very well. Uh, it's no secret that we play a lot of golf and we hang out outside of the track, but that's you know how we work together. We uh, we have this you know pretty seamless sort of feeling between all three of us, and. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a nice feeling knowing that they're in your corner. Um, Malcolm's been with me since day dot, since I came to America. So um, he's a super good guy, super smart guy. And, and um, you know, lucky to have the pair of them. And, but at the same time, you know, our car and, and the 12 car, the two car, we all, you know, it's, it's a very good group and a lot of motivation in the group this year um, to go bigger and, and 24 and, and hopefully bring the, the Astor cup back to, back to Mooresville. You've been around the surroundings before in terms of a chase for a championship with, you know, categories that you've driven in previously. And last year, you got to kind of be in that with the IndyCar series. Having now done that within this series, is that going to make you smarter come the, the last quarter of the season? Like you're aware of the situations that, that come into hand? I definitely think having the experience of trying to win a championship and, and being in the position to have that pressure and have the TV, have the media talking all about it. Um, you know, it definitely is a nice thing compared to someone that hasn't been in that position before. Um, I, I think that that helps, but by the time, honestly, everything shakes out in IndyCar, you've, you're hard pressed to find, um, you know, a point or at the end of the season where a reigning champ or, or someone that hasn't won the championship or, or the 500 isn't involved in winning the championship, which is a testament to how good they are and how good the category is. Um, but yeah, I feel, I wouldn't say it's an advantage, but it definitely probably settles me down mentally knowing what to expect, I guess. And then just finally, you're, you're back in Indianapolis for this uh, content day that the, the season's doing. It's actually still quite a long time to the start of the season, but being back in Indianapolis... There's that one place down on the corner of 16th and Georgetown that says, come visit me in May. Um, do you feel the vibe of the Indy 500 lurking in the background because you're back in the city and, and knowing that that's, you know, it's not really that far away? Yeah, it's it's awesome. You know, every time 
you you fly in basically you fly over the track so it's um it's pretty cool uh it's very it reminds me a lot like Bathurst and and when you you know, sort of come over the hill on the road there and you see the Mount Panorama sign for the first time um yeah same same sort of vibe same sort of you know uh goosebump feeling uh, but yeah, that's a, that's a big focus for us this year to be better at Indy and, and particularly on my car. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, that's the next goal. That's for sure. Oh, we look forward to seeing you there, man. The tickets are already booked. So that's one thing. And, uh, we'll let you enjoy the snow in the Midwest right now. And I'll go for a walk down the beach in New Zealand. Yeah, well, it hasn't been that cold here though, mate. So it's, it's all right. Thank, thank you. <laughs> Have a great season. Thanks very much. Cheers, Dave. mate. You, you too, bud. Stick around this weekend. It's supposed to be like five degrees. Is it? Yeah, I'm, I'm out tonight. Then I've adopted another Kiwi into the uh, the mix of Kiwis just to wind the IndyCar people up a little bit more and saying that we've got four Kiwis in the main game now with Tom Blomquist being a full-time driver at Shank Racing. Uh, and Tom has been with MSR for quite some time in the sports car program but is now full-time in the IndyCar program. Joined by Felix Rosenquist in 2024 and then obviously at Indianapolis uh, trying to do the drive for five, Elio Castroneves comes on in an extra car. I think that... Elio still has plenty left in him around that place and you would always put him in your top five. So anyone who's doing a sweepstake for Indianapolis, you'd count Elio in, that's for sure. That's my little tip for you. But um, I, I think that Blomkirst will go well this year. He had three races in IndyCar last year, which gave him a good grounding. He's technically classed as a rookie because this is the first season. And as I said, I've adopted him as a Kiwi because his mother lives in New Zealand. He's got heritage to New Zealand, whilst not New Zealand born. As I said, it's a, it's a great way of winding my American friends up. So here's he our fourth or part-time Kiwi, Tom Blomkirst. Hey, Tom, uh, we're going to call you the uh, fourth Kiwi, if that sits okay with you. Um, yeah, mate, no worries. So uh, just interesting, just starting on that, first of all, have you had much support from New Zealand in relation to what you're doing either before, now, or now that you're in the IndyCar series? Um, uh, it's hard to say. I mean, I wouldn't say so if I'm being 100% honest. Yeah. Um, but I don't think it's, it's, you know, it's probably partly my fault in that, um, you know, it's always a bit of an awkward one for me because... Uh, you know, I was, I spent a lot of my childhood there, um, that I, I don't have any of that, you know, Kiwi blood in me. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit of an Achilles heel of, uh, you know, being from I'm a bit of a cocktail, let's say. <laughs> well, we're going to, yeah, if you can now. show me some love down there, then may it be appreciated. We'll show you plenty of love in 2024. That's for yeah. sure. Good man, good um, man. On to a more sort of serious question. Um, because of the years that you were with MSR and the sports car program and then moving over to the IndyCar program, are there any people that you've bought from the sports car program um, with you over to IndyCar or were they all part of IndyCar only sort of team already? Actually, you know, next year we have a lot, or well, this season uh, coming 2024, we have a lot of uh, carryover guys uh, from the, my sports car, pro from our sports car program. Um, you know, we, we don't have that program anymore. So there's a lot of, we've got a lot of, let's say staff, um, you know, a lot of mechanics, um, actually my mechanic, my number one mechanic for this year is, is going to be, you know, the same mechanic I had, you know, running the show over on the sports car side. So, you know, that's, that's going to be great. And I've, you know, I've worked with everyone. And I think also from my perspective, you know, coming into a, a although I'm changing series, uh, you know, working with a team that I know and I'm so familiar with definitely also helps that transition across to to my new, you know, challenge. 
And then just staying with Elio for a sec, obviously uh, when we get to India and his drive for five, that's that's one thing. But more importantly, now that he has a, a slightly different role with MSR and that relationship that you have with him, not only having driven with him, but now having him effectively as a driver coach, there's, there's a certainly a, a lot that you can fall back on with someone like him, isn't there? Yeah, 100%. Uh, you know, I've got a guy who's got so much experience at that speedway and, and, you know, a lot of the time what he touches, you know, turns the, turns the gold sort of thing around there. So, uh, he's definitely got, um, you know, he's, he, he knows what he's doing around there and, and it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be hugely beneficial to me, um, to lean on him and I, I'm hundred percent will win. And the good thing is he's, he's, you know, he's going to be very helpful. He's very helpful. He's very open about it. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's definitely willing to, to help me. Um, cause he also has an invested interest in helping me as well now. So that's good. <laughs> well, we've got a bunch of New Zealanders that I can tell you right now are, are coming, uh, in May. So we'll share the key. We love with you in May and awesome. uh, all the very best for St. Yeah. Pete. Look forward to seeing it as well. Thank you. I appreciate that. Certainly will be great to see him at Indianapolis. And as he said, it'd be great to get some Kiwi support. And I know I have a group of people that'll be traveling to Indianapolis in May, a group of 10 people from Auckland that are going, you're going to have a great time up there, that's for sure. Maybe you'll get to catch up with Tom Blomquist as well, but you're going to have a great time. Really looking forward to maybe bumping into you up there as well and just enjoy the 500 for what it is. It is a very, very special race. And yes, four Kiwis maybe, so that'll be great. Right, moving back to our friend Roman Grosjean and another bite with him. And then, of course, this morning, as I'm making this podcast, breaking news and the fact that the guy that I met actually last year at Los Angeles Airport, who I thought was a great guy, Gunther Steiner, who's been the team principal for a very long time or since it started at Haas, uh, was told that he's no longer required and he was uh, out of the place immediately. And former top engineer that looked after Grosjean's car when Grosjean was at Haas has taken over as team principal um, it's a very strange time of the year to be doing this sort of thing because it's not long till the Formula 1 season gets going and the change of uh, people like that has ripple effects. Haas last in the championship last year. They kind of struggled. They had some good points, but they had some bad points. I don't think that Gunther is to blame for all of those things. I think there's fundamentally lots of issues there, but I guess at the end of the day, the team principal takes the wrath of all of that and he's gone. A uh, very likeable figure, and, and obviously he was a star of the Netflix series Drive to Survive. And as I said, when I met him in Los Angeles, uh, he was great to talk to. I could have talked to him for ages. There was no issue about talking to him, uh, and he just chatted away. And uh, what you see in, in Drive to Survive with Gunther, is, I can tell you, is exactly what you get when you talk to him face-to-face -face as well. So top bloke, and uh, I don't know what his destiny is now. It certainly was one out of the blue. And Grosjean was, uh, well, we asked Grosjean at the press conference today about his feelings on that. Um, yeah, I, um, I saw the news as, as most of us. I'm a very, uh, very happy for Ayo Komatsu. He's, first of all, he's a, a very good friend of mine. Uh, I've competed every of my 181 companies in Formula One with him working on my car and somehow. So, um, you know, these kids are the same age as my kids. So we've been very good friends. I'm, I'm excited for him. It's a, it's a huge challenge in front of him, but um, I'm excited for him. I don't know what happened. You know, I don't know more details than you do. Um, I, I wish Gunther all the best in the next in his next chapter. He's, he's definitely a man that's got uh, a lot of ideas and, and things to do. But um, for me, the main thing is very happy for IL. Just leaving it for a minute, we'll come back to the other Kiwis, which of course is some of the Ganassi squad, who will be running five cars this year. And I think that that's going to be a major feat for them to run five cars. 
They've done four before, but adding that fifth car is quite a different beast, but we'll chat more on that later and obviously talk with Dixon and Armstrong uh, more as they're coming up in this show. But looking just slightly towards the Indy 500 again, particularly for anyone who's going there this year, the field will be full. We have 33 entries pretty much now, so that's guaranteed. I think that there'll be a 34th and a 35th, maybe a 36th, but that will largely depend on whether Chevy and Honda can supply those engines. And there's a lot of debate at the moment about whether Honda after 2026 will even stay in the IndyCar series. So there's a lot of things that have got to get sorted out right now. There's a lot of things relating to the hybrid engine, which has been stalled obviously for the best part of six months. Do I agree in putting a new engine into a championship halfway through it? when you've had one for the beginning of the season, something else for the rest of the season, it could destroy someone's championship. So in many ways, I'm not in favour of that, but they're the best part of 18 months behind in the hybrid programme, so they need to you know, pull finger out and get on with it, and that's obviously what they're going to do post the 500. Uh, that may encourage the engine builders to build a few more engines in relation to Indy, in which case we could easily get the 36. But we're, we're looking pretty good for 35, which means there'll be a, a true bump day and two people will miss out and go home. And don't forget, last year's surprise was Graham Rahal. So that will be very interesting to see how their mindset is going into the 500 this year. Rumour has it that Sato will be back in the team. They love him. Honda like him being there. Panasonic like him being there. So with that comes money. So Rahal's like him being there. Uh, and he would be a dark horse in, in the race, as will, of course, Kyle Larson, who's now making a surprise return to Chili Bowl with uh, Keith Coons this week uh, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, and I tell you what, if Larson wins Chili Bowl, then you put a very big tick towards uh, the Indy 500 because when you have dream years and you start them off like that, just like Alex Palau did last year, uh, you can't go wrong. And Palau, of course, last year finished no worse in the entire championship than eighth across the entire race season and that is a very magic season so uh, yeah I think we're going to see a lot of things around India and there'll be more on that too but now let's return to the content days and the first up of course Scott Dixon. You know I think uh, we got off uh, to a little bit of a slow start I think in, in some uh, some ways and um, the season when you look at it was was fairly consistent but definitely came on song uh, later in the year and and uh, you know I think working with with Ross and having uh, some you know some stability there has been really nice um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's been good. And, and obviously, you know, to, to win the last three or four races was, was huge. Um, and, uh, you know, huge year, obviously for the team, you know, with, uh, winning the championship first two, and then obviously rookie of the year. So that was, uh, that was great to see for, for everybody that works so hard at, uh, Chip Ganassi racing. Uh, I think there was some missed opportunities kind of early on, maybe with strategy a little bit too. I think Toronto was definitely a big, uh, kind of let down in, in, in what we did there. Um, you know, you can also dissect a lot of different things and in, in uh the you know maybe the performance in some areas but um yeah i think everybody kind of just got into their flow they felt a lot more comfortable i think when you're changing a lot of people on the stand and and the people that are involved there it gets you know difficult to really you know for each other to kind of understand themselves i think or, or get the confidence as well which i think that really started to develop later um and ross being new to the team you know kind of had you know three or four different engineers in the last you know two or three years so to have that stability i think is has uh has been really good and and um you know he's done a, a really good job you know my biggest point of view on 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 you know racing and and having done it for a while at any level it's all about the people you know and and uh there sometimes can be a limit to how many of those good people you can find or people that are kind of compatible so um you know i think with with 
you know, different programs um, and maybe the size of, you know, the, the, the team maybe not changing so much uh, and having, you know, kind of the depth there, I think really helps. Uh, but you're still adding, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of moving parts to already a pretty big team. So, um, you know, hopefully we can, you know, jump in and dive in, and it's it's going to be, um, you know, no missteps. Um, you know, that's obviously the the biggest and best goal that we can have. Uh, but we'll have to see how that plays out. To be honest, you know, five cars, it's a lot of people, man, a lot of moving parts. Well, Dixie's a great bloke. He's been a great ambassador for New Zealand, and here he is into another season. And I certainly remember that first Indy 500 that I saw him at in 2003 and boy oh boy has he matured as a driver since then and uh, you know he he was destined to be there uh, the sad passing of his father in the last part of last year was a, a, a bitter blow really as Ron had done many things for motorsport and the and the way in which people put motorsport programs together by creating company identities for their drivers and or sons or whoever it may be and he was one of the first people to pioneer that with Scott years and years and years ago so that was very sad news but Dixon I tell you what he's won a race in every single year he's been in this championship and I don't see 2024 being anything but on the pole last year at the 500 been on the pole multiple times but only converted it once and uh, as a friend of mine up there David Land mentioned to me maybe this is a bit like an Andretti curse but let's hope for Dixon it's not and we see him over the line in the first place and drinking some milk come May Say the same, though, however, for McLaughlin, Armstrong, and even Tom Blomquist. So it will be great fun. Now, next up, Marcus Armstrong. Great kid, ran here uh, only a few years ago in the Toyota Racing Series, as it was then. And as I mentioned, the opening round of CT Frock happens next week in Taupo. And that was one of the questions that I asked Marcus. Dave, morning, Marcus. Nice to see you again. Uh, Happy New Year and all those things. Uh, first question for you really is the carryover from last year. Obviously now it's a full-time gig, which is fantastic. Are there many guys on your car rolling over from, from last season with you? Are you carrying them over with yours and a new bunch of guys for you? Morning, David. Um, yep. I, well, actually I have quite a, a new looking squad. Um, I have, uh, Taylor Carl as strategist, Angela Ashmore as race engineer, and um, certainly the, there's a few fundamental pieces that have changed. Um, and saying that, I know everyone very well because they've all been inside the team previously. So um, it's uh, it's nice to to have familiar faces for sure. And obviously Jason Beck as uh, crew chief. So um, very experienced uh, people on the team. And there's obviously 180 uh, men and women at the factory. I call it the factory. Everyone else calls it the shop um, <laughs> that are at home base working extremely hard. And it's inspiring to see the energy and um, determination everyone has to succeed. When you look at it, Marcus, and you, and you look at the, the phase of his career that Scott's in right now and then... Alex and, uh, you know, a, a very dominant season last year. And then, you know, you at the beginning of an IndyCar career and, and now your two new teammates as well. Do you consider yourself to be part of the the new generation Chip Ganassi racing squad in that sense? I'm not sure if it's um, that black and white, that there's a new and old generation, but certainly there's a lot to be learned from from Scott and Alex, who have obviously proven themselves. I think there's eight championships between them. So uh, clearly there's a, <laughs> there's some expertise there to be drawn upon. 
Um, I'm in a very fortunate position really where, um, yeah, I'm surrounded by fantastic people and a great team and, um, strong teammates to work with, share data with and push forwards with. And just looking just quickly before I let you go, um, just a couple of domestic things, um, something, you know, that, that really sort of springboarded your career, the, the Toyota racing series, it kicks off again, now known as CT Frock, uh, next week at Taupo. Um, and if you look back at those times, and, and there's, I know there's six drivers coming down from America for the five weeks down under, just how, how important was five weeks worth of racing like that for you back in the early stages of your career? Yeah, certainly it was very valuable back in the back in the day for me. Um, the circuits in New Zealand are quite tricky. I would say they're even comparable to some of the American circuits, you know, quite tight and twisty, but Mickey Mouse, you know, so, and no runoff as well. So if you go off, you're probably going to have a crash, which is, um, I like that sort of style of uh, circuit. And uh, yeah, again, it's five weeks back to back so uh you get into a rhythm and you have to learn quickly otherwise your championship's over your championship hopes are over fairly quickly if you don't figure it out you know straight away and then just finally um, i know that you had maybe a sneaky drive in this i don't know whether chip approved of it or not so we won't delve into that too much but your dad's back in his uh his porsche in two weeks time as well so uh now that we've got the chance any advice for rick and the porsche yeah, my dad is is racing. He uh he's improved a lot actually. I I'd say uh he well yes, Chip did approve uh, of me helping my dad out in the Porsche the other the other week and Rick has closed the gap on me, you know, before obviously um <laughs> it's all relative but he's you can at least overlay the data now and um understand you know, what he needs to do better. And he's actually really passionate about trying to improve. And he actually listens to me as well. So he's improving very quickly. I think he won a race. Yes. He did. Is that right? Yeah. 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 He won a race recently in New Zealand. So um, he's only getting better. So I'd look out. He might be going for the Porsche Career Cup Australia Championship next year. <laughs> I'll pass those tips on to him because he doesn't have a content day like you do. So uh, I'll get back to it, and uh, and thanks very much. We look forward to seeing you a little bit into the season as well when we get back up to the States. Thank you, mate. You're welcome. Great there to hear those comments from Marcus, first of all about his dad, and I'm sure, Rick, you're very proud to know that your son thinks that you're actually getting some good form in. But secondly, really, the benefit that came from racing in a local championship like the Toyota Racing Series as it was then, and it just shows you with what we're about to see next week at Taupo Motorsport Park in the beginning of the CT Frock Series that is now known, just how good a driver development curve this is. So, you know, really great things there, and I think Marcus is in for a very strong season and uh, I'm, I'm sure we're going to see some podiums out of this boy this year, that's for sure. Now, just before we finish up with the drivers, I did get the chance to talk to the very uh, new entry, or the fifth entry into the Ganassi team, Kyan Simpson. A uh, bit of an unknown, did Indy next last year. Not a lot of racing background, and I have to say at the media day, he was a little bit of a nervous boy. Griffin, you, you're joining uh, the Ganassi squad. I'm, I'm obviously from New Zealand, so there's two New Zealanders in that team uh, already with you. Uh, and I've been around the series for a very long time now, but a question that 
I asked Marcus this time last year, I'll ask to you, how intimidating is it when you go into the Ganassi workshop for the very first time? Uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, they've got all their trophies laid out in their, um, in their meet, uh, I guess it's in the lobby. Um, and just walking in there is pretty insane to see all the success that they've had. Um, and then you go back to the workshop and it just gets even more impressive. Yeah. I, I know that firsthand having been through Woodland Drive a couple of times, and then uh, Chip's a very powerful figure, isn't he? But he's he's one that's also equally very passionate. So he can be, I know from the media point of view, he can be intimidating at times. So I'm sure for a driver, there's there's uh, that side of it as well. Yeah, um, I think Chip uh, definitely has a very strong personality and he's uh, very passionate about racing. And uh, it's great to see it because uh, there aren't... Uh, there aren't as many people as passionate as he is about racing, which is very impressive to see and uh, very inspiring as well. And then just one last question. Obviously, it's it's a very big year for you. It's, it's big for other members of the team as well. But then there's one big thing, and that happens in the month of May at uh, 108th running of the Indy 500. Just what sort of thoughts are going through your mind already about things like having to qualify for the race, let alone the race itself? Um, yeah, I think it's going to be very crazy. Um, I haven't driven the track yet, so, um, it's kind of hard to think about, but, um, I'm sure that Dario and Scott will help me out, uh, learning the track and learning how to drive it. Um, and I'm sure that the rest of the team will help out as well to help me figure it out. Uh, all you got to do is tuck in behind one of them and uh, then you get to drink some milk. So, uh, yeah, yeah. All the very best for the season. We look forward to catching up with you when we're back up in the States as well. Cool. Thank you. Well, that wrapped up two days of media uh, for the pre-season part or pre-season phase of the IndyCar Championship for 2024. Now it's a few weeks until they kick off on the streets of St. Petersburg in Florida. In fact, it's till March. But when we get to the St. Pete event, it also marks the debut of Kiwi Callum Hedge in the Indy Next Series. Driving for the HMD Motorsport team this year, Callum making his debut at St. Pete. Not an easy circuit to make your debut at, that's for sure. Very unforgiving around the backside of the circuit. And even the width of the runway when they come down the main straight, when it tunnels into that very first corner, as uh, many people can testify to, it gets pretty gnarly. But we wish Callum all the very best. And then former Indy Next driver Hunter McElray is now doing a, a, a season in the Innsmouth Sports Car Program. Uh, congratulations, Hunter. It's a, it's a great gig for you. And I know that we're going to see you back potentially in IndyCar one day. And that'll be a great thing. The journey is far from over. And the fact that you're going to have this year in a sports car, I think, will do you the world of good. New team, new environment new attitude, but you're on to a winner, mate. And as a New Zealander, we're very proud of what you achieved last year in Indy Next and the whole road to right from when you started in the Elite Motorsport Academy. So Hunter McElroy still one to watch in 2024, that's for sure. Then finally, before I wind up this show, there's just a couple of other bits and pieces that have come out of the woodwork in the last 24 hours or so. Three people interested in forming teams for 25 in the IndyCar series, and they are Prima Motorsport, which has notable prestige in European F2 and F3. Marcus Armstrong actually drove for them. Lance Stroll's driven for them. Rosenquist driven for them. There's a cast of thousands that have driven for them. So, uh, you know, it'll be very interesting to see how that plays itself out. Then Able Motorsport are thinking about a two-car full-time 
uh, set up for IndyCar next year. The focus this year is still around their current program and of course qualifying with RC Ennison for the Indy 500. And then there's talk from Pratt and Miller that they may be interested in some sort of uh, strategy, alignment, whatever, in IndyCar. So we've had all of this negative news in the last few weeks, which a lot of it I fully agree with, and then we get some positives like that. So it shows you that things are certainly going both ways at the moment. Only statement that I thought was a bit weird, Graham Rahal coming out and saying about how there should be more races in Europe for IndyCar. I firmly disagree with that. America is its home ground. They need to do the races there well, sell them out first, and then worry about the rest of the world after that. But that's just an opinion, and it's only my opinion. And then finally, just before we go, a little bit more update on the Haas situation. And there seems to be a bit of a rumor that was floating around overnight. Uh, it came out of Europe and also came out of the US. The fact that may be an option for Michael Andretti uh, and his Andretti global effort is rather than becoming the 11th team, he just simply loads up the truck full of cash and goes and approaches Gene Haas and sees if he could buy out the Haas team or form an alliance with Gene Haas or any of the combination of the above. Will that happen? I don't know. It would solve the problem of the 11th team, but there'd be a lot of things to uh, um, sort of deal with to, to make that happen. And I think Gene Haas is pretty uh, certain that he still wants to remain in F1. It's just a management restructure. The other part of that, of course, is overnight, certainly in Europe and seen on Sky Sports F1 in the UK, a lot of sympathy for, for Gunther. They felt that he was a, a respected person, uh, regarded as the top, uh, highest profile uh, team principal after Toto Wolff and, and Christian Horner, largely because of Drive to Survive. But uh, there was a feeling of the fact that he'll be sadly missed and it wasn't handled very well. But, you know, that's up to those guys. It's a private uh, thing, not one for us to comment on as such, just to speculate. And, you know, obviously the rumour mill goes wild. But that wraps up our first show uh, and what will be a regular feature yet again. But we're back in business again. And don't forget that that Super Sprint Series kicks off next weekend at Taupo Motorsport Park. Then five weekends on the road going to Manfield. Hampton Downs on the full international circuit, then the return to Ruapuna Raceway in Christchurch, and then finally the New Zealand Grand Prix at Cromwell at Highlands Motorsport Park. So that's going to be amazing five weeks, that's for sure. And then D1 NZ, that kicks off for the very first time in Nelson at a brand new D1 facility there. So that's going to be interesting. So we'll call it six weeks. So there's some great motorsport action happening domestically, and of course there'll be plenty happening internationally, particularly with IndyCar, which is where our focus is. Until we catch up again, don't forget to share, comment, because I do read the comments, and like this. It will help this channel grow. I've been doing it for a while out of passion, but I need to try and get the numbers up a little bit to make it grow and continue to kind of ignite the flame in, in making it happen as well. And yes, for those who are asking, we are looking at trying to make a docker number two in 2024, so we'll get back to you on that one soon. Until then though, just enjoy your motorsport, enjoy everything that we bring to offer, and uh, thank you for your time, and we'll see you again on Racing Board.